0: KKXX Studios, Chico Live Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue to explore our keys to better respond to that question of, can you pray for me? Uh, We are in the sixth key, but before we get back into the sixth key of praying with specifics, I did want to just continue to welcome all of you who are listening by way of podcast in the countries of Canada, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Chile— Uh, there in Western Europe, Italy, Portugal, Spain, France, and other countries I see as well on the grid, Croatia, Kenya, South Africa, India, China. All right, so again, we are in this sixth key of praying specifically, right? When we pray for another, we have to do so specifically. So as we opened up a reflection on this sixth key last week, among other things, we considered the encounter between Bartimaeus and Jesus, right? How Bartimaeus hears Jesus from a curbside and cries out to Jesus for his merciful love. And what happens there? Jesus turns towards Bartimaeus and essentially says, how do you want me to be merciful for you, right? Jesus clearly knew Bartimaeus was blind, right? He asked not for his sake, but for Bartimaeus' sake. Bartimaeus asked for Jesus's mercy Jesus asked Bartimaeus to be specific, but the question we asked last week was, why does Jesus ask for more clarity in prayer? Well, first, by being specific in prayer, we are invited into that more robust relationship with Jesus, right? That, as we spoke to it last week, vaguaries are impersonal, details are personal. The less we hide from Jesus— the more real our our friendship with Jesus will become. So, what's going on there? Well, as friend, Jesus desires to enter into the details of our need, not for his sake again, but for ours. Jesus wants us to know that he will meet our deepest desire. Second, specifics can help us identify what is from God versus what is from man. There we talked about... Jesus really saying to you and I, uh, what can I do for you? And here we are made to examine more critically than those requests that are what? Holy versus unholy. I think this second point really helps us to better understand ourselves as we evaluate what motivates our request, right? Uh, because before most questions is the one question Does your prayer, your specific prayer request, seek to glorify man? Or God. So, third, then, as we look more deeply into our hearts, we might discover that undetailed, vague prayer seldom meets God in the many little ways that God desires to meet us, right? (laughs) Before God does great big things for us, we have to allow Him to meet us in all of those small details of our everyday life. And over time, yes, God will renovate the bigger thing, but before He renovates the bigger thing, we have to be attentive to the smaller thing, lest the bigger thing just collapse altogether. If you don't lay the foundation well before you build the house, what's going to happen to the house? It's going to collapse. So we have to be attentive to what is foundational. And what is foundational in the spiritual life is always, my friends, attentive to the detail. Okay, so lastly, as we noted last week, by being specific, we will know whether God has answered our prayer. And I think this is so important for us. You know, this might be a fear of ours. It certainly is for me. But as it is, it challenges me to be more specific. You see, my friends, knowing a prayer has been answered by God can really help build our faith up in God, our relationship with God, and and encourage us to pray more boldly and more specifically in the future. Conversely, What happens with vague prayer? Well, vague prayer leaves us with no clear direction into what to look for and and how God might work in a specific situation. And yes, God's answer might be a a no or not yet, but at least then we know when to trust more. Which leads to those four important words that we left off with last week, those words, thy will be done. In these words, my friends, thy will be done we probably have the best version of what detailed prayer ought to look like. Not only because it is prayer imbued with trust, that act of faith that is quintessential to any good prayer, but prayer that states definitively, specifically, I place you, God, as my number one. You see, my friends, in that moment, we say to God, you know what I need before I ask, and it is my desire to enter into what you already know. This is a beautiful expression of prayer. This is a beautiful act of prayer. The the stepping into if you will of what God already knows. And praying this what is going on. Well, we are allowing the holiness of God to make our imperfect prayer whole again or maybe better said holy, right? W H O L E to H O L Y. You see, my friends, in the end, the prayer that will be done implies that all intercessory prayer needs to be open to he who is the optimal good. Taking whatever good is within our prayer and making it a greater good, the, the greatest good, if you will. Jesus just isn't better. He is the best. He is the optimal good, right? The ultimate good. Now, in this vein, as we kind of swing our reflection back into prayers of petition for others, We are then made to see that our specific prayer should never be reduced to a cry of distress, but a faith-filled desire to see God reveal his infinite, beautiful design for the one we are praying for and and the names and things we are being asked to pray for. Could we not say, my friends, that uh, this is to desire to see not just the colors of violet indigo blue, The partial beauty of the whole of something, but rather the violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red, the whole beauty of the rainbow, if you will. I mean, you can pick any three colors of the rainbow, put them together, and it would be pleasing to your eyes for sure. But (laughs) to witness all seven colors come together as God paints the sky, that is something altogether different, a different kind of beautiful, if you will. God's will is a different kind of beautiful. Just look at the cross. It is a paradoxical beauty for sure, and we are called to abide in that in that tension of paradoxical beauty. But this is what we submit to when we say thy will be done. We are in fact submitting to this paradoxical beauty. Okay. So, to say thy will then is to place what second my will. My will. This is hard, right? We live in a very eye-centered culture. I have touched upon this before. You know, we have iPads, iPhones, iPods, and iDrives to load our iTunes onto our iPads, iPhones, and iPods. We, we have selfie sticks to take selfies with on our what-but-iPhones. You know, if you are to go to the original batch of social media sites, what was the most popular but MySpace... We have Facebook where we like and dislike people and things, often distancing ourselves from the thou we ought to be in conversation with. We, we text long messages, leaving us incapable of actually hearing the one that we uh, ought to be in conversation with. Brothers and sisters, what am I saying here? <laughs> we live in a world where everything around us is constantly emphasizing the I, the self, the my, the me, and we are slowly devolving into less and less meaningful conversations. We have placed our whole existence at the center and have accordingly, mea culpa, placed everything else around this center. Here again lies the conversation of the ego drama and the theodrama, where we are made to overcome the ego drama that wants to produce and direct every move and enter into the theodrama, the drama that properly belongs to God, that is unconditionally open to God's storyline, God's stage, God's will. My dear friends, when Christ entered human history and onto the stage for all to see, you and I both know he did not live for himself, but for other. His whole life was radically new because it was radically lived for other. This is the life that prayed, not my will be done, but thy will be done. St. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, The best version of this imitation, specific to prayer, is to specifically pray, thy will be done. What's more, this also is the prayer that will help us to better deal with the many sicknesses uh, the many confusions, the many hurts, the many fears, rejections, and all of those troubling circumstances and experiences we encounter on an everyday, regular basis. And it will help us better deal with it, not because it will bring us to the sine qua non insight, coming to understand the indispensable condition of why we are suffering as we are. No, rather because this is the prayer that invokes the optimal good, by letting go of the perceived good. You see, my friends, this kind of prayer brings peace to the soul because as we pray this prayer genuinely, if we are praying it genuinely, that loosens our grasp on what we cannot control. And yes, in this space, at his discretion, God will allow you to see what is necessary for you to see. In the end, my friends, the more informed We are in praying, Thy will be done. In our intercessory prayer, the more substance we bring to our prayer of mediation. Because as we take our prayers to the one who already knows what we need most, his return on our investment of prayer is exponential, exponential in its beauty, right? A return that includes the brilliance of the violet, indigo, and blue, in the light of the green, orange, yellow, and red the whole beauty. Our deepest desire can only be met by God, who is the ultimate personification of what is true, good, and beautiful. And when we take up what is imperfect in our prayer and allow God to transform it in his perfection, that is the optimal true, good, and beautiful. What will then take place in our lives is, well, something that is... (laughs) more good, more true, and more beautiful. Amen? Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of another evening, the gift to be able to reflect into the richness of your revelation. All is revelation as it relates to you. The more we contemplate this revelation, the more we are drawn to your truth, beauty, and goodness. We ask for the grace to see all that we are made to see, that in our prayer, we might find ourselves encountering you in your goodness, in your truth, and in your beauty. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 530 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.